Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, and you are listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that helps you heal yourself with food and the power of the mind, offering wellness solutions for abuse survivors with chronic illnesses. Um, My guest today is Grace Estrepo. She is a mental detox expert and peace of mind specialist. She's a self-proclaimed hyperactive Latina, granddaughter to Italians turned Zen master. She's an unwavering advocate of positive energy and practical Zen in the midst of a chaotic world. In 2012, Grace's meditation expertise prompted her CEO to ask her to lead a group of investors in a mindfulness session. It was so well received that it sparked a career change for Grace and fueled her passion to help driven go-getter women find their center. With a master's degree in organizational development and 15 plus years of meditation training, Grace's magic lies in helping women leaders eliminate exhaustion, overwhelm, and the rush mentality. In her own day-to-day, Grace leads programs on meditation, stress management, and mindful leadership to to corporate employees in Colorado, as well as online. So welcome to the show, Grace Estrepo. Thank you, Dr. Meg. I love being here. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for coming on. Um, now, your your whole world is Boost Your Zen. And I really like that because it's... it's um, it's up-leveling the, um, the calm factor in your life, which I think a lot of people do. And I love that you describe yourself as a hyperactive Latina because um, you've obviously worked both end, ends of that spectrum. <laughs> so I would think you really know what you're talking about here. So um, so just, just to begin, you know, I get how you started this work that you're doing, but how did you get into this world of Zen, this world of meditation? And, you know, what was your story? Mm, We go right to the good stuff. Yeah, (laughs) I like to. (laughs) So, you know, at this point, I, you know, I've had to sit down a few times, I would say over the last two, three years and really, you know, they say you can connect the dots looking backwards very easily. And one thing that's become very clear to me is it's not that I one day woke up and I said oh I really would like to learn to meditate or I think that that would be good for me it's more that I started to practice and have and feel feel the need to find solutions for a time in my life where there was nothing but instability around me Mm -hmm. constant change and difficult transitions. Um, I was being mm-hmm. shuffled from one country to the other. I've lived in six countries you know, wow. for about 12 years. So that was like about a year and a half per place. And, uh-huh. um, you know, I, I was, that really means you start all over again every year and a half or two. And mm-hmm. that means, you know, emotionally speaking, goodbyes, um, farewells, um, you know, a career shift every time. So 
emotionally speaking and in terms of managing change, that was a lot. And, yeah. Um, you know, I was I was probably as resilient as we all are when we get started in life and in our early years. <laughs> but, you know, and I remember and I always experienced myself as, um, you know, as an extrovert and someone who socially speaking, like I can, you know, create relationships really quickly and all of that. But after the second or third move, I was like, okay. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of upheaval and new relationships and saying goodbye to old ones. And or that probably didn't even get established very long, you know, so. Exactly. And then also, you know, get yourself established in a job and get to know the people mm-hmm. and the places and get going. And it starts getting going. And it was, again, time to change and time to move and. Um, the reality of that was, you know, for the first two, three years, I just thought, okay, I, I can handle. But at some point, I started to feel it affecting me. I started to feel anxiety. I started mm-hmm. to feel bouts of depression. I started to feel just a sense of like, I don't know how to find myself again. There was so much moving. Mm-hmm. And so it, mm-hmm. it wasn't just the physical moving of countries and starting a new home and all of that. It just when you're this sense of like when your world is spinning around you Mm -hmm. and I remember feeling I need to find my center I need to find my center I need I need Mm -hmm. to find ways to that the zen the calm has to happen inside because I cannot depend on it outside of me and you know I I didn't have a structure for it you know I it was Mm -hmm. that was way before I even ever walked into any class or anything and so Uh Over the years, what I noticed is the truth is I started taking bites at things like, okay, what is this mindfulness thing? Oh, okay, that one is kind of like that. What is this meditation thing? What is this like, you know, healing modality over here, breath work, like that different things. And I started mm-hmm. some sort of toolbox for myself. Uh-huh. And the more I found ways to incorporate the ones that were needed at the moment into my day-to-day life, the more I was able to navigate what I call like really tricky transitions in life without Mm -hmm. all of the up and down, but more of like what I call calm waters, you know, steady Mm -hmm. water Mm -hmm. while the world kept changing and moving around me. And now was there a specific modality that spoke to you the most or was it sort of a collision of all the different things that you learned that helped you? Um, I would say for me, the one that has helped the most and continues to be my go-to first is meditation. Mm -hmm. And then I definitely, I would say my toolbox still contains several others, you know, um, if I'm mm-hmm. physically ill, then meditation isn't really the place to go because it does require some energy and I'll fall asleep in it. So then, uh-huh. then I do Reiki or I go to acupuncture or things like that, right? There's mm-hmm. all these different ways to support the nervous system and clear the blockage in the mind, you know, the fear and anxiety and worries and concerns, Um but generally speaking, the one that I, I still rely on the most, and it's kind of my my first go-to is meditation. Okay, that's great. You know, and I, I recommend meditation so often to my clients. Um, but I think what I find, and I know you must find this, is 
you know, they always talk about the monkey mind and the mind chatter and all of that. Um, what kinds of suggestions do you have for women that feel like meditation is too difficult for them? They've tried it. It doesn't work. They can't get their mind too <laughs> quiet. What do you, what do you recommend? Yeah, I love this question because it's so common. Um, I think that there's a misunderstanding that meditation means that the mind is completely quiet. <laughs> if we can mm-hmm. understand that the mind, it's like the, the operating system in the computer, you know, it'll keep doing its work, which is to process information and reach conclusions and all of that. It will continue. But what I do mm-hmm. know that happens is, so the goal is not like a completely quiet mind necessarily, the goal is yeah. one that's not in panic and anxiety and in reaction mode. Mm, okay. So All right. meditation does de-excite the mind for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and also the other thing I really want to say is there are about at least 30 different ways of meditating. They do not always involve sitting quietly and having stillness. <sighs> I think that that comment of like, my mind is too active, I can't sit still is because people are relating only to the concept of meditation as stillness. Okay. All right. So what other kinds of um, meditations have you worked with your clients to help them with? And I would imagine it's sort of a, a you know, based on the personality of the person too. Yeah, that, that's a great, you know, what works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that's actually very, very um, accurate. You know, if, if, and this is why I speak of being a hyperactive Latina. When I discovered this, <sighs> in my late twenties. And I, you know, I don't know if, you know, people are listening are super aware of Central America and South America. It's loud there. It is chaotic. Mm. People interrupt each other. It's like very lively, active. And in a way there's a lot of excitement in the air. So I'm going to tell a Latina like, okay, you're going to sit in silence and you're just going to count your breath. (laughs) That's like, I mean, that's like alien talk. So I would really say if I found my way, everyone can find their way because I was the most, the most unlikely person to walk into any class and be like, oh, yeah, this is for me. So <laughs> question, you know, it's, there's, there's walking meditation. There mm-hmm. is a movement meditation, which I highly recommend for people who are extremely busy and on the go. And by movement, mm-hmm. you literally play music. You close your eyes and you let your physicality and your body just move with intentionality of releasing, releasing the tension of the day, just kind of coming back to yourself, which someone, sometimes for some people, it might look like, oh, all you're doing is dancing, Grace. Well, if uh-huh. you intention, no, then you're, med- you're actually meditating because you're going within. And I always yes. just kind of like trying to do it with your eyes closed. Just, just bring the focus inside. Um, mm-hmm. and that, that could also help to establish a better mind body connection as well, because you're, you're moving. I, it sounds like more in an unconscious manner. It's just sort of like free flow to the music and, but also I would imagine that you're just more inside of yourself in that, that kind of meditation. Exactly. I mean, that's exactly the thing. And for most people, the mind-body connection isn't very um, honed in. That's mm. the, and so yep. let's say yeah. when you're pushing through your week, you have kids, you're working full-time. And if you took 
twice a week for 10 minutes and you just close your eyes, close the door to your room and just move to music and you have an intention of, okay, I'm releasing everything that happened today. I want to be present for my family. I just like recenter and connect with myself. That would be the most powerful practice. And it would probably be more powerful than just like sitting still after a super full day of mental activity and quote unquote trying to be calm. Mm-hmm. Like the body needs needs. <laughs> I like that whole idea of trying to be calm. Yeah. It's like there is no try, and that's really you know the word Zen is do without doing, just being. Yeah, you know, and I, I mean I I like it to to you know people walking into a workshop or a class and they they're sitting there quote unquote trying to be calm but they're really sitting on top of a volcano yeah yeah exactly pent up stress and emotion and you know mental chatter and difficulty and frustration whatever and but then they're like trying to like calm that down instead my advice is always move it first so Mm move it you know whether that means you you make like punches in the air like karate chop or whether you dance that off or whether you stretch the body just let it release first and then allow yourself to go into the sitting practice so Mm, okay you know there's there's walking meditation there's dance style movement meditation there's meditation in nature which really really helps there's mm-hmm. <laughs> listening to a guided one. The purpose isn't necessarily to have their mind closed. The purpose is to follow what's getting guided. Um, mm-hmm. I highly recommend for people who have super active minds as well. And then mindfulness, of course, the the more the standard or more traditional mindful approach is. Uh-huh. Not worry about what your mind is doing. Just kind of bring it back, bring it back, bring it back. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there. I think I counted once. There's like 68 different traditions in meditation. Um, they can also wow. just repeat a mantra and let the mm-hmm. body compress, and then that means they don't even have to worry about their mind because their mind is engaged repeating a mantra. Yeah, and I think it's important with mantras too. It doesn't have to be Sanskrit words. It can be something that makes your heart feel open. You know, just um, just repeating "I am love," "I am," you know, "I am beauty," "I am peace." Um, those yeah. kinds of things too. You don't. It doesn't have to be um, the way they've done it for thousands of years <laughs> or the words focus yeah my favorite mantra is peace begins with me oh that's beautiful i love that peace begins, like because most of the time the mind is really consumed with what happened and what did the person do and what you know it's so external and yeah. like, okay, yeah how about we take four minutes we just breathe and remind ourselves that actually it starts inside it just peace begins with me. I am responsible for my inner state. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. And that's an important conversation right there is I am responsible for my own inner peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I think in a world that where we're often taught to blame somebody else for our problems, mm-hmm. um, that it's not always easy to, to learn that 
it's my responsibility. I'm the one who, this is my body, this is my mind and my spirit, and I'm the one who can change the way that I've been doing things. And and on that note, um, one of the things that you talk about is turning down the volume on all the noise. And we've talked about meditation. And um, what are some other things that women can do to uh, turn down the volume on the noise and make space for what they need and want? Yeah, this is one of my super favorite topics. Um, you know, mm. one of the things I notice is we we walk around in a lot of a lot of our day and a lot of our week and month in autopilot mode. And mm. I don't mean in autopilot like the way we do things, but autopilot in the way we allow things to come into our space. Um, okay. An example of this is, you know, a lot of my clients commute back and forth from work, let's say 30 up to 45 minutes each way. And mm-hmm. they tell me, Grace, at night I'm super exhausted, but my mind won't stop. I'm just exhausted. Where I get to work mm-hmm. and already at 9.30 in the morning, I'm already like so wired. And, and I go, how active is just your mind? It's like, oh my God, it never stops. I say, okay, great. What are mm-hmm. you doing in your hour and a half of commute? Whether it's driving or in the train or they say, well, this is the radio. They go, okay, let's do something different. And for a week, I ask them either switch it to just instrumental music, no lyrics, or switch it to an audiobook, something that's mellow to listen to, just to test if there's a possibility that mm. auditory system is overloaded. Uh, okay. 99.9% of the time they call me three days later and they say, I'm sleeping like a rock. Uh, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm no longer anxious in the mornings. Like I actually, I now enjoy it. And I'm going, right. There are times in our day where we actually do need to fill every ounce of every second with more input. You know, there's a habit. People walk into the house at the end of a long work day they turn on the TV and the TV is just blaring in the background. As they're going about, you know, family time or cooking or whatever, it, there's just radio or advertisements or TV or yeah. whatever the input is. And I always say, I want you to do like an input detox for a week and just observe what happens. And okay. a lot of the challenges diminish significantly. Just because, again, we are completely overloaded. Our yeah. overloaded. We we take in too much information. Truly, that more than we can process. We are we we are gone, gone ourselves used to just so much stimulus and yeah, way so to be more connected to ourselves is actually creating. I would call it noise free time. Mm, yes. Oh my gosh, that's so important, and I think. Um, well, I know that a lot of people that I work with um, have a hard time with noise-free time because then they have to sit with their emotions mm-hmm. and they're often not wanting to do that because there are a lot of painful emotions, um, you know, because I do work with a lot of abuse survivors. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we, we started to talk a little bit about the emotional body before we got onto this podcast, um, just as you and I were connecting prior to, um, let's, can we talk a little bit about trauma and the emotional body and, 
um, some non-traditional approaches to help calm that down? Because I think this is a good segue where we are in this silence place. <laughs> yeah. And before we go there, I just want to okay. say, you know, if the if going from, let's say, playing the TV in the background or radio in the background uh-huh. to complete silence feels like a shock to the system, that's too big of a step. Mm. My recommendation is, okay, so let's let's tone it down. And toning it down, an example of that would be, let's switch up the input. So find a version of instrumental music. Every time I say this, people think I'm talking about like opera. I'm not. (laughs) No, there's like spa music, there's guitars, there's whatever version of, you know, something that feels, instead of noise, it feels soothing to the system. Yeah. Yeah. Like Mozart or Verdi, you know, the the classics. So, you know, because there might be people listening to us right now and going, oh, that's too hardcore for me. I can't quite. No problem. Then, And that's why I sometimes even say to people, okay, let's start with audiobooks if that's the next step. Because mm-hmm. audiobooks can actually put you to sleep. They're, they tend to be, it depends on the narration, but you can uh-huh. do something soothing that's not challenging. I'm not a huge fan of recommending that to everyone because it's more data for your mind to process. Um, mm-hmm. But if, if the reason we don't go to silence and therefore being with ourselves, because it's, it's because we, you know, there's a reason for that. The, the emotions that are lay, laying there waiting for us are significantly difficult to process and deal with. Then let's take some baby steps on our way there. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that, that's a, those are some really good ideas to get there. So, um, so once they do start to, I guess it, it's, it sounds to me like a transition mm-hmm. or transitional phase, you know, from, mm-hmm. um, from having a lot of stimuli around you to reducing it mm-hmm. and then getting to the place of silence. Mm-hmm. What kinds of things do you recommend at that point? Um, it depends on where they are, you know, and where people are in their evolution. If what they really need is silence to just hear from within, what is this that you really need? Or you need clarity to solve some situations that are happening in your life. Or let's say you're in a repeating pattern of something triggers you and then it triggers old wounds and traumas. And you, you're in this situation, right? Let's say there's someone at work that just reminds you of something and you're just in this lock pattern where... You go to work, you get triggered, you come home, and then you your coping behavior. But, but there's like no breaking of a pattern there. So mm-hmm. it depends on almost like I, I feel like, you know, the, the modality or the quote-unquote solution is dependent on what is it that you want. If you just want to calm things down and have less stress, my idea uh-huh. would be, okay, so in five to ten minutes a day when you do have silence, what do you need to do? do you, uh, then uh, in that period of time, ask some questions. You know, maybe sit in front of a literally blank piece of paper and let yourself just, like, jot down thoughts and journal, kind of free flow. Sometimes mm-hmm. be like asking yourself some of these questions, but sometimes not even. It could just be okay, what kind of a day did I have today? Oof, my mind. Just like let let it move. Like let the stuck energy that becomes then becomes stress and difficulty and headaches and migraines and all this stuff, let it mm-hmm. have a place of 
release. I mean, physically we release every day, right? Um, we use right. to go to the bathroom. So it's <sighs> true with our mental, I would say, buildup and our emotional buildup. And so when people say, okay, I, I, can't, I don't even know where to start, I say, spend 10 minutes a day in front of paper. Mm-hmm. Yes, stream of, stream of consciousness writing can be so powerful. Yeah. Um, so it could be, you know, journaling is a little bit more structured. It's kind of like you're trying to find your way through something. Stream of consciousness, free flowing. If one day what shows up is a list of bullet points of things that are, you're like, oh, I haven't had time to think this through, but here it is. Whatever it is, but it's it's essentially a release valve of okay. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's what, because we don't have this as a habit yet, then then what we do is we fill the space with noise. Yeah. And then it accumulates. And over a period of years, then that noise also causes illness. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This The things that you keep telling yourself over and over and over again that are often negative mind speak that you just are so... Um, accustomed to engaging in because you haven't taught your mind a different way of thinking. Um, And that's a lot of what you're talking about is, is shifting and transitioning your mind into different ways of thinking Mm -hmm. um, and different ways of getting there. (laughs) So your energy to be more tapped in than to be tapped out because the truth is we, we can't manage time, but we certainly can manage energy. So one of the things that people say a lot when they go through my programs are, I don't know how you did it, but I have more time. And I'm saying, no, you really still have 24 hours in every cycle like everyone else, but their energy management has gotten better. Yeah. And when that happens, you do feel like you've got more time available to you. (laughs) We all crave. And, you know, so, okay. So one of the tools is great. Write things down, just let it move. Like don't hold on to every single thought that's going through your mind the other one could really be you know an aspect of healing is and for some for it again as i said it depends on what the what the most immediate need is if it's stress reduction Mm. i would recommend definitely just sit down and write things down you can even have Mm -hmm. playing in the background but just have uninterrupted time that's about tuning in which Mm -hmm. writing it all out is an aspect of tuning in sometimes if people are struggling with you know, I would say mood swings or depression or just, uh-huh. being, you know, struggling through deep, deep wounds, the, the thing might be for them, have two or three people that you call and you connect with genuinely on a more ongoing basis. Mm, yeah, well, actually, that's a great, that's a great piece of, of advice, you know, that connection is so powerful. And also just speaking what's coming up for you yeah. um, is very important. Um, because sometimes it's just the saying it helps you process it. Mm-hmm. And the power of really being heard, you know, and, mm. and no one trying to fix anything or so, you know, the, those things, of course, for some people, that's just, it is in their life and they just have that. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And some people really need to figure out how to establish it, whether, whether they pay a professional to do that or whether mm-hmm. they set some people in their life up for like, hey, could, could we have this kind of talk once a week? Like right now I'm going through X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. just bringing up blah, 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 or, or whatever the setup is. 
And yeah. just, you know, do you have time on Mondays? Because I have this gap in my schedule on Monday and I could really use a conversation with you. It helps a lot. And yeah, the power of, you know, being, being intentional about that. And um, mm -hmm. there is so much healing that happens when we are really, truly heard. Yeah, so true. And we, you know, for most of us, we do have a half an hour a week. Mm -hmm. You know, it can be found. <laughs> But what happens yeah. if we're not intentional about it, we have half an hour. And in that half an hour, we consume TV. Yeah, or Facebook or, Facebook, you know, or, you know, or like yeah. horrible news or, you know, yep. or someone in the office venting and complaining instead of, and so, of course, it's a matter, and that's what I mean by managing your energy is, okay, you have this container every day of mm -hmm. feeling like 15 hours or 18 hours of awake time, whatever your hours look like at whatever point of your life. Mm -hmm. Okay, I have to... There, there are certain hours of output, right? Work. There are certain hours of output, you know, taking care of children. There are certain hours mm -hmm. of responsibilities, great. And the, the rest of them, I'm like adding intentional moments of connection and decompression. Or I'm like, mm -hmm. all the moments that are extra, are they kind of spent on autopilot being filled up by what I call noise? Filled up by what you call noise, you know? Noise, yeah. Just. Noise, noise. TV, internet, this, that, and the other. And then like a whole week goes by, but a whole month goes by or mm -hmm. six. And it's like, oh, right. Yeah. But truly, and that this is why I'm a huge advocate of small steps, big rewards, right? So mm -hmm. people would tell me, I don't have, you know, I just don't have time. I don't have time to exercise. I don't have time to meditate. And I said, but do you have five minutes? Yes. Okay, beautiful. So imagine if you four times a week you did five minutes of meditation over a month how long how much is that and people you know added up they're like whoa that's a couple hours i said exactly so, yeah let's yeah i think that's really important too is that you don't have to push yourself to do you know an hour of exercise or um 20 minutes twice a day of meditation i mean it's so overwhelming when you first want to try something that is already a bit daunting um so yeah. You, you have suggestions for people about um, meditating, I guess, really anywhere. Mm -hmm. So what, what kinds of things do you suggest to your clients? So my favorite one and the one that I feel practically everyone can do, including children, is even in, the, even in an elevator, if you're waiting for an elevator, even if you're driving, one of the things that I have said probably a thousand times since I started my business is every time like train yourself that every time you see a red light when you're driving instead of stop turn it to mean breathe oh take mm -hmm. a breath take a couple of deep breaths sometimes you're sitting in a red light for a long time and if you think about how many red lights you sit in in a month mm -hmm. every time that was that time was used to actually take a deep breath and just check in you're meditating a ton <laughs> So that's, yeah, that's true. For example, so red means breathe rather than red means stop. One day I'll actually create a campaign like that. Uh, that's great. I like that. Because then, yeah, it's the thing that you're using as the trigger to remind you to do something that we all forget to do, and that's to breathe. Yeah, um, yeah in fact, with abuse survivors, um, there's 
often a tendency to hold our breath mm-hmm. um, and you don't even notice that you're doing it. And a lot of it is because you were just trying to stay as quiet as you possibly could so that you wouldn't get, you know, abused again, but it, it didn't work. I mean, it, you know, an abusive household that just kept happening, but, but it's one of those symptoms that we often have. So I really love this idea of, okay, we stop at the stoplight. Red means breathe. Breathe means also that you're, you're oxygenating your cells. You're lifting up your, um, your energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really powerful. Tapping in. And I mean, you know, I would say most of the women that work with me, 95% of them are moms and there's sometimes like grace. It's the end of the day. I'm exhausted. I have to pick up my kids. And it's a very stressful time of the day. It can be, right? It's traffic that, hour. And then mm-hmm. kids are cranky. They're hungry. And I said, you know, okay, let's try this. You know, obviously we have to solve the logistics of like make sure they have snacks and all of that good stuff. Yeah. Even when we don't have kids in the car, it's your, t- your energy is pretty depleted. So yeah. if you start just really like reminding yourself like, Ooh, okay. And then you're going to sit in the red light a little bit more than one breath. So my recommendation is six deep belly breaths. Oh, okay. So, you know, we, we tend to, especially if we, if we are kind of keep the breath really tight, like you just described. So we tend to then breathe and kind of like raise our shoulders up and like it goes. Yeah. Or you're breathing just at the top of your chest. Yeah. So the recommendation is six into the belly. One, it, it basically turns on the parasympathetic nervous system. So your relaxation response immediately goes, oh, okay, I guess we're doing this. And so you relax, which means mm-hmm. everything else in the body kind of regulates itself and things come into balance. Mm-hmm. While you're in a stressful situation, which could be considered, you know, driving and rush hour could be considered one of the stressful situations. Or yeah. any point that you get triggered back into the trauma or triggered mm-hmm. back into a memory or a wound, mm-hmm. that is one of the things that I, you know, a lot of people who work with me also, they, they completely heal themselves from panic attacks. Ah, uh, uh-huh. It's a, That's great. And believe it or not, what we mostly are doing that heals them is breathing into the belly. Ah, uh, okay. We find two or three places in their day that, as you said, like, so the red light becomes a trigger. It just becomes a, an anchor from now on red means this. So in general, what, what is causing the trigger into a panic attack? We switch that to me to become an anchor for the parasympathetic nervous system to be active. And so we basically switch it around. So it's a combination of mindset and using a super simple technique and it usually is an aspect of six to 12 belly breaths. Okay. All right. And when you say belly breaths too, I think, you know, it's really just feeling that, that breath moving down towards the belly and expanding. Okay. All the way into that- the belly, into like the belly button. It's almost like if you put your hand there, you want to feel the belly expand out when you inhale kind of like a beach ball, like really let it get full. And then you exhale from the belly as well. So it takes okay. a lot of practice because, you know, yes, we're used to breathing shallow. And then if we breathe a little deeper, we're, then we're used to taking it like as far down as the, I would say, middle of the chest. 
Mm. And it's just a little practice to be like, oh, okay, down to the valley? Yes, down to the valley. And it works wonders. It really does. I think one of the great things about that is that you you feel just instantly more energized when you do that. Yeah. And yeah. it's interesting. It, like, it works to energize you, and it also works to actually you know, relax you at night, at the end of the day, when you don't want more energy, it also, it's like the body is so intelligent. It knows where, where the energy needs to go. We just Mm -hmm. to help it switch off from the, you know, heightened state that we're in during the day. Yeah, that's great. So those are some great suggestions for, um, for listeners um, about calming ourselves down um uh, one of the things you also cover is finding clarity mm-hmm. and i think i know well, i know that a lot of my clients will struggle with clarity and um and that often is just you know you're in the middle of a decision you need to make or you think you should be making um you're not sure which way to turn or what to do um so can you talk a little bit about finding clarity Sure. Um, what I've noticed is that in general, we tend to say like, I don't know. I just don't know. I kind of feel like this way, but, and then there's that other option. And, but I, you know, we kind of go come back to this, I would say lingering state of confusion or indecision. Mm-hmm. And that's usually we're either sitting in fear mm-hmm. and, then it sounds like I don't know, or I'm confused, or I'm not sure. But that's usually fear, which is an emotion. Mm-hmm. And or we have concerns about the implications of actually deciding that, again, it's an emotional, it's a, basically we're dealing with an emotional block at that state. So, mm-hmm. you know, what I notice is that does not work so well is we, you know, we, uh, people, I've certainly done this myself in the past, we buy a book, we go get a training, we, you know, go after a certification, whatever the thing is that we <laughs> will really like, something external will give it to us, you know, a book, mm-hmm. a podcast, or this or that, or whatever the thing is. Yeah. And at the end, we, when we don't move the emotion that's in the space, clarity mm-hmm. can't happen. So we go okay. to training or a conference or a workshop or whatever and we come back and we're kind of pumped up for a while and if everything seems so clear and maybe we felt like we got it or maybe we're mm-hmm. more confused but this, <laughs> this that can happen completely right then you come back and you're like oh they could be like that too so the 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 thing that's at stake especially for women um is there is so much conditioning that we have to practically unpack for us to really be completely comfortable and secure. And yeah, I actually feel this way about it. And this is what I really want. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of conditioning. And by that, I mean the things that we have told that we should do, should care about, should be willing to give up, should sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The old don't should on yourself. I mean, like big time or all the, th- all the ways we're saying yes, but we really actually sincerely mean no, but we're, you know, yeah. it's another form of a should. And so those are some examples, but the reality is 
we're sitting on emotions and emotions again without moving them without expressing them without giving them an outlet basically block mm -hmm. our clarity block our capacity to be in alignment with what we feel what we need and what we need to say and do there that those things usually are really super close to each other when we yeah. free from emotional whether it's baggage or just current, it could just be current emotional blocks. So again, whether the solution to how it's very personal individual, some people can move through emotions by journaling it out. Some people need yeah. to sweat it out, you know, whatever way they sweat. Some people uh -huh. call a really good friend. Some people need to go to therapy, you name it, whatever the modality is, it's important to go, Oh, okay. So I know I need to change jobs. I've been thinking about this for a year. There's this opportunity and ooh, I'm not actually taking it. What's what emotion? Yeah. Okay. What's holding me back? And yeah, there's always an emotion at the bottom of it. And, and it's so fascinating the ways that we hold those emotions in our bodies, okay. you know? And so, I, and I love the way that you've put it in terms of, you know, find the thing that works for you. There's so many different modalities out there. There's so many different ways to look at this, but it's a matter of moving the emotions because the emotions, basically they're stuck energy in the body. And it, you know, without, if, if we know, one, it keeps you from making the decision and feeling at peace with it and actually moving forward in your life. But it also makes you sick. I mean, so many of the headaches and the migraines and the upper neck pain and da 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 actually clears when we clear the emotional bags. Mm, like so true. They really feel like these backpacks that we carry. And when you let go of the backpacks, your shoulders aren't so tight. Your mm. isn't so strained. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, you don't get headaches that often. And I mean, it's unbelievable, really, the the connection between those two. But there's not enough conversation about that yet, at least in my my experience. Yes. So people go take a Tylenol because the neck hurts, and right. go talk to someone to tell them what to do about this disease. Yeah, to tell you what to do, and I find it fascinating because it's it's really what happens is the answers are inside of you already um, and it's a matter of getting to them but when you've got these emotional blockages it's harder to get to them so I really love the different things that you are doing in the world and um, how uh, your clarity uh, comes forward um, and yeah to help others gain clarity because that's not easy in such a complicated world <laughs> you know and yeah, and highly don't stressful don't you find that we have this tendency to think it's like a 12 step process or a seven step yeah. process or three steps like and actually it's usually yeah. way simpler but it's yeah it's simple isn't always easy that's true it's way simpler and it's also so specific to the individual yeah. you know like what works for you instead of this blanket um way of doing things that you know may may work for you know five out of ten people but not everyone so which can leave you feeling frustrated and that's the last thing you need to do when you want to feel calm and peaceful zen so um you have a free gift for our listeners can you tell us about that yeah for sure so you know i've been doing this professionally meaning like i started my company five years ago and 
Um, mm-hmm. The number one thing I hear after any workshop or anytime I do speaking is, Grace, at the end of the day, I'm wired but tired. I'm wired but tired I lay in bed and for two and a half hours I just toss and turn my mind won't stop I'm making lists on my la 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 cannot and so what do I do and I often say to them okay what are you doing well I drink wine or I have ice cream or they have some sort Mm -hmm. of coping thing which Mm -hmm. is to kind of wind down at the end of the day and the truth is we do need to wind down so uh-huh. much trial and error and testing all sorts of things, I came down with this. It's a, about a nine-minute sequence, and it's a recording of me guiding them through the sequence. And it has two okay. parts. The first part is how to clear your mind. Because if your mm-hmm. mind is clear, then when you put your head on the pillow, you'll actually feel, oh, okay, that's quiet. So I actually can <sighs> So. Uh-huh. It's a, it's a nine-minute recording to help people at the end of the day just how to unwind, essentially, without needing to take something, you know. And if you want to take a glass of wine, I, of course, I have no problem with that, but just be aware that wine, alcohol, they actually inhibit good sleep. <laughs> they do. They actually will will keep you up. You may sleep solidly for a few hours, but then most people will pop up, especially with red wine. Yeah. They've done a lot of studies on that. It's it's kind of a yeah. interesting. So it's, it, that's what it is. It's, I, I literally call it a wind down routine. It's, um, it's you know, I'm me kind of walking you and mm-hmm. um, just guiding you into kind of like a lullaby phase. And people okay. send me emails saying, I was yawning halfway through it. I slept. I can I do this with my kids. The answer is yes, yes, yes. Kids tend to love it too. And I mean, if you, you know, like we all have ten minutes at the end of the day. I mean, even if you, even if you're hitting the pillow at twelve thirty one a.m. because you had an insane, it's better to spend eight nine minutes winding down than to just turn off the light. But your nerve Mm -hmm. and your mind isn't actually ready. That's a good point. And then what you'll end up doing instead is you'll end up lying there for like an hour (laughs) trying to go to sleep. And there is no try when it comes to sleep. Or like waking up three hours later and just then like anxiety in the mind, making lists, worries, this, that, and the other, which Mm. I hear a lot. So this particular um, just recording, that's what it is, is a wind down technique. It's, it can help with both of those. So if you wake up in the middle of the night, you can use it. You can just play it into your ear, or you can do it. My recommendation is to do it before you go to sleep. Okay, great. That's wonderful. And how? where did they go to get that? So in boostyourzen.com, so boostyourzen.com, um, there, you basically find it there in the, first, in the first page of the website. It's called a wind down. SOS routine. It's kind of like when things, everything else, you know, melatonin and wine and like nothing's happening. And the truth is people are super sleep deprived. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's, it's now worse than ever. So. And a lot actually heals when we have enough sleep as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So thank you so much for being on the show today. I really appreciated having you here. You're welcome. It's been a total pleasure and thank you for the invitation.
Oh, gosh, you're welcome. Um, thanks, everybody, for listening to Grace Estropo today. And I hope you learned some great techniques to help you unwind and relax and feel better and more centered um, in this crazy world we live in. Um, thank you so much for listening to this show. And please share it with as many people as you think may benefit. And I think you could probably think of at least 10, 20 people right now. So um, please share the show and um, please leave a comment on iTunes um, about the show. And uh, thank you so much for listening. And I hope that this podcast will help you get well soon. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.